0: Hey everybody, this is Sophie, and welcome to episode 111 of the Big Boo Cast. This week, Melanie and I are going to talk about something on Netflix that is really bringing some deep and abiding joy. We're going to talk about Southern Charm. There's a, there's a lot to talk about there. And we're also going to continue our discussion from last time, the questions that we didn't get to on episode 110. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to y'all about prep dish. Here's the thing. Y'all have probably heard Melanie and me both say so many times over the years that as much as we love to cook, we wish there was somebody who would just tell us What to cook. We wish that there was some way that we could make this whole process easier and more efficient without sitting around and trying all the time to figure out what we can possibly make for our families. Well, that is where Prep Dish comes in. Y'all, this is such an incredible service. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription based meal planning service. And so when you sign up, you get an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. And let me tell you what is, is giving me a little bit of life right now. There is a super fast menu that you can download. So in addition to the fact that you're making real food for your family, which is super important to me, I don't wanna put a bunch of processed stuff out there. In addition to the fact that you're saving yourself time and money by being organized, you're also getting something that you can make really quickly. So instead of running and picking up something, instead of scrambling at the last minute and maybe not putting the most healthy option on the table, you get delicious, gluten-free, paleo, dairy-free. If that's what your particular needs are, you can customize all of these meal plans to fit the way that you and your family like to eat. So this week, for example, on the quick meal plan. There was garlic shrimp with tomatoes and green beans with rice. There were grilled lamb chops with grilled red onion, asparagus, and zucchini. There was a special breakfast recipe for banana pancakes. Y'all, it really is such a time saver, such a brain saver because you're not having to puzzle through what the the week's menu is going to look like for you. And the best part The founder, Allison, is offering listeners of the Big Boo cast two free weeks of Prep Dish. All you have to do to sign up is to go to PrepDish.com slash Big Boo. That's PrepDish.com slash Big Boo. And you can sign up for two free weeks of Prep Dish. See how much you like and you're going to love the menus, the organization, the grocery list, the getting everything organized ahead of time. It's really phenomenal. So, PrepDish.com slash Big Boo. It's a no-brainer, y'all. Alrighty, here we go with episode 111. We are so glad y'all are here. Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Boo Mama.
1: Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama.
0: And I have the most unusual situation today. What? My house is completely empty except for me. There are no people. Mm -hmm. There is no dog. There, there is nobody here. Where's the dog? Well, she's at the vet because um, she's. So Hazel is at the needs her. It's time for her shots. And so, yeah. So. She had to go, well, last week she was at the vet and they, I, I've already told you this, but they got another look at her knee and it is not a torn ACL. Oh, she because just of has a knee, knee, knee that pops in and out of joint. Okay. So it doesn't want to
1: stay in the socket. Oh, Apparently. So, so what do you do about mm-hmm. that? Does she have to wear a knee brace? I, Does she get a little teeny tiny doggy knee brace? I wish. I wish mm-hmm. she got a knee brace,
0: but it will, it will require surgery at some point. And well, I will, of course I will tell will. you that that surgery is not cheap. Yes. But he said if she doesn't get surgery at some point that it will wear down the socket, it'll just stay out all the time and it can really mess with her back and her posture and all that kind of stuff. Well, so, we don't
1: want her posture. I mean, good posture no, is very important.
0: No, we want Hazel to have optimal posture. So I took her back yesterday because she needs to have her shots And as you can imagine, shots are not a simple thing with Hazel. Um, I had to sign a form about sedation yes, and and all that. So, but I will say there, she she doesn't even stay with all the other dogs when she goes to the vet. She stays in the treatment room where there are just a few dogs who are about to be treated. So she has people around her all day. You know, there are people in and out of the treatment room and there is a girl who works there. I think I've mentioned this before, who she really loves. And, (laughs) So I feel like she's fine, but she's not That's here. good.
1: Yeah. So it's quiet is what you're telling me.
0: It is so quiet. There is no, bar- there's nobody barking. There's nobody like watching the street for UPS trucks or garbage trucks or FedEx trucks or moving vehicles of any kind it's very quiet. That is so
1: nice. I'm telling you my best days that feel like vacation days are the days that Perry takes the dogs to the ranch because then I truly feel it's like how when he used to take Caroline when she was a toddler. It's that feeling of I have no responsibility Uh today because otherwise they're going to sit and I know that in a little bit they're going to bully me and I'm going to have to take them to the park or somewhere to go run or they will not let up until I do. And it's fine. But I'm telling you, I took them I think it was Friday I took them, and they were so wound up, and they took off on me, like went running Um, so far. And I told Perry, I said, if you hear a notice that there was a woman down by the dog park who was using massive profanity, I mean, (laughs) I talked to them... And like when I finally got them and they got in the car, I was like, you get in this car. I don't know that I'm ever taking either one of you anywhere Mm -hmm. ever again. I mean, like all the way home, I was lecturing them. And listen, Mm -hmm. neither one of them appeared to show a bit of remorse about Mm -hmm. their joy ride. I mean, but it freaks me out because they go tearing off. And I just, they, and Perry's like, well, they eventually come back. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't know when they were coming back, you know.
0: you don't know what they're
1: doing. Like, are they
0: bothering somebody when they run off? You don't have any idea what's happening with that thing. Are they tangling up with some other dog? Like you want to be able to keep your eyes on them for sure.
1: Yes, and I, it's just, it's, it just, I hate it. I hate the whole process of it, and I don't know what to do about it, because we can't go to the regular dog park, so we go to this big open field, which is fine, but it's that thing of, is then you're like, I can't have them run up to somebody, because then somebody's going to want to do the normal thing that you do with a dog and pet it, in which case Mm -hmm. my girls will look at them and, so I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't, like, I'm like, sir, do not engage with the dog, so, Mm -mm. anyway, that was, that's that, but... Anyway, it's sad because in the summer, they don't get their ranch time like they do in the fall and winter.
0: Well, I'm very, very sorry. That's that they okay. Got away from you. Well, that's, a, that's a horrible
1: feeling. It is. They're just, they're so bad. I love them so much and they're just so bad. So anyway. Well,
0: yesterday, our friend Todd is in town with his kids and we went to the, like the science center downtown, which yes. is Yes on and fun we used to go a lot when Alex was little and he went too. which you talk about a, a just a wash and nostalgia he was yes. at, the, at the McQueen Center Aww. yesterday but you forget like watching parents with young kids which there were so many little kids there yesterday and and every once in a while you'd see somebody who was just had pure panic on their faces the yes. kid had gotten away from them and that that is the worst feeling in the world like it is you, turn around and you're like where did they go yes
1: and then you, just,
0: you know i know so i felt a lot of of empathy yesterday for some of the mamas who were either dealing with somebody in the middle of a tantrum yes. or dealing with somebody who didn't want to stay put it's yeah it's it's a whole thing
1: yeah yeah i know i know i get it i get it i'm not, i don't miss that particular phase of toddlerhood
0: I do, I do not either now what we're going to have to deal with next
1: what I mean oh. by that phase is both the museum part and the running off part that's yes.
0: no, none of none of the above yes um, so the next thing we're going to have to deal with though is them driving which is probably going to be its own unique set of panic I, and I know anxiety but.
1: I know I know I can't think about it
0: <sighs> okay, so last time
1: we, we didn't
0: really talk about Southern Charm. I had not seen the most recent episode.
1: Yes, nor had I.
0: But now I have.
1: Me too. And
0: I don't know where we're headed towards this, the season's end of Southern Charm. But I'm going to tell you something. And and I I would imagine you feel similar, similarly about this. Yes. Is that Catherine you know, when she was, she apparently locked herself up in her apartment and she wouldn't answer the phone or come out or visit anybody or see anything. And it was very scary for her friends. But I thought she was so sincere and genuine when she talked after she had, her friends had, you know, seen that she was fine. And as she kind of talked about that experience. I thought she was so effective in talking about depression
1: Yes, I thought she did such a good job. And I thought that's so because I've had acquaintances and people I know that have struggled with that. And I think that's so real to what I feel like they think, whereas you start to think, well, I'm fine, and I don't need this medication. And then you go Mm -hmm. off the medication and you don't realize how much you're you're your equilibrium needs that, you know, just the chemical balance in your brain. I thought she did a really good job. And I thought it was real insight into Catherine because I think she had spent prior seasons self-medicating with alcohol and drugs and all that stuff. And that part of getting healthy is to go to a doctor to get treatment for the underlying issue that you've been trying to self-medicate for.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And So whenever, because whenever I hear people say, you know, something like, so I just stopped taking that medication or whatever it was. like, right? Oh, you can't do that. Yes. And I think probably you too have had friends who thought they could just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take myself off of this. And that apparently is almost, a. it's an even worse experience than the, the depression is a sudden to just take yourself off of whatever medication you've been using. So I, I don't know. I felt so proud of her. I feel yeah. like of all the people on that show this year, she has shown the most growth as yes. a, a mama, as a person, as a friend, because two seasons ago, she, she it was like she could not be in the same room with another female.
1: Yeah. I don't,
0: yeah. I don't know. I just, I was, I was really proud of Catherine. I agree. I agree. Yeah, she's
1: had a great story arc, I feel like, and has come out on the other side. And, you know, I have seen because of I've done a deep dive into her Twitter account that okay. she and she and Patricia have since reconciled. And C- Patricia had said, like, it wasn't ever Catherine that she didn't like. It was Catherine's behavior, but that Catherine has come around to be such a lovely human being. And I think you see that because everybody has now embraced her. So, you know, that it's real. Um, and I think you see the the like the fruit of that come into light.
0: That is very telling to me because Patricia was was very anti Catherine or very yes. anti Catherine's behavior, I guess.
1: Yes. So, but they're good now, huh? Yeah, and she's cut out Ashley and Thomas. Patricia has. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And there's all kinds of rumors that Ashley and Thomas aren't even together anymore, although she's trying to make people think that they still are.
0: Oh really?
1: Yes. There's a whole hashtag on Twitter. This is what Summer has done for me. <laughs> There's Telly a whole more. There's a whole hashtag on Twitter called hashtag HiAshley. And it's that Ashley has set up all of these fake accounts to attack Catherine. And Are to, you kidding me? No. And then to make it also appear that Catherine is trying to attack her, but it's all Ashley driven. And so apparently Patricia and Catherine have spent some time investigating this. If you go to Catherine Dennis's Twitter page, you will see <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, my word. I know. This is what I'm doing with my spare time right now. I don't recommend it. I don't condone nor endorse this kind of behavior. But I'm just saying that this is what happens when you stay up till two in the morning. You go down rabbit trails you didn't really plan on. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a whole, but then it's interesting because then they're saying on Ashley's Instagram account, she keeps posting like she's at Thomas's house, like post pictures, but she hasn't posted a picture of her with Thomas in like a month, whereas Thomas and Catherine both posted on their respective Instagrams the day that they spent at the beach with their children together. Okay. So it's
0: all very suspicious. I am following Catherine right this second.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I recommend so Take it. Taken- Well, that's what I wondered. That's what I wondered this weekend when I discovered that I was like, what have I been doing that I haven't already done this? Oh, my goodness. I know. So anyway, so that's what you can do with the rest of the afternoon in your quiet house. Okay, well, or you could work on your book either way, but I'm just saying either way.
0: They would be equally productive, exactly. Equally productive, exactly.
1: Okay. Yeah. So there yeah, you have. I have
0: it. a har- I have a hard time, and again, I, I, this is all just pure speculation, of course, on my part because I don't know these people. I'm just, I'm just reacting to the fact that they have chosen to put themselves on a reality television show. Well, yeah, I, I would, ha- I would have a hard time believing that the, the Ashley and Thomas relationship has gone the distance, especially considering what we saw this past week of Ashley's when Ashley went to go visit Pat and to tell her about how bad things were. And Pat, remember Pat had Michael fix Ashley the, the T for her voice yes. because she's yes. sick. um But I, just that whole thing, it does not sound very healthy at all. And she has referenced several times about Thomas's lifestyle and his self-destruction, mm-hmm. which leads me to think, well, that, that does not sound
1: good. So, You start to wonder, I don't know that, not that I ever thought this was about her love for Thomas, but I suspect that it's more about her desire to be on a reality TV show.
0: Well, yes, that would make, that would make sense. That would Mm -hmm. certainly make, that would make sense. My goodness. Well, I thought last week when I watched, I used to feel like the fastest hour of television ever was The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, that's the fastest hour of television. But I really now I think that the fastest hour of television is Southern Charm. It just flies.
1: Yeah, it goes by so fast. I know. I know. It's like you can't. it's, It's so good. It's the opposite of The Bachelor, which feels like it lasts forever, but yet I still watch.
0: Well, and I still, I haven't watched anything this season, but
1: but I mean it's in it two hours every time yes it's two hours every time you have to watch it I mean you have to watch it on a DVR I mean nobody can sit through all that so I just kind of speed up as much as I can through you know because then every intro and outro for every segment of it is coming up next on The Bachelor Mm -hmm. and you're like this is so Mm -hmm. much filler Mike Fleiss and that his name this is a lot of filler yeah so just cut to the chase
0: Okay, so one of the things that we have sort of bemoaned over the last few years is how nobody makes romantic comedies anymore. Yes, but, but I be, but we have heard that Netflix has has tried to to fill that gap for us, and I have not watched yet. But you have. Do you have a report? I for have.
1: us? Oh my gosh! Listen. Okay, so you told me that Jamie Golden and Aaron the Edge Moon of the Mm -hmm. podcast had recommended set it up. I had not heard that it's a Netflix original. So the other night I finally mercifully finished Riverdale, which I cannot recommend on any level for anyone to watch. And it it's hours of my life. I'll never get back, Mm -hmm. but I finished it so I could move on to other things. So I thought I'm going to watch set it up. It was darling. It's like the romantic comedies of the past. It's got uh, the, the, the lead girl in it. It's about two, assistants who are trying to set up their bosses to make their lives easier because they're so chained to their jobs but the girl and it is really both of them the main characters are just darling um just cute it's funny the dialogue is funny i really really enjoyed it um so i loved that set it up and i liked it so much that last night um i had seen another original netflix movie called the kissing booth um it is it is more of a. It's a teenage romance. It's about. Um, it's a high school story. Okay. Um, yeah. Um. But I loved it too. It felt very much like a a Sixteen Candles esque type. Oh type thing. Um, But it reminded me of those, like, teen movies in the 80s, like the Pretty in Pinks and the Some Kind of Wonderfuls and all of that. Like, but there again, like, I thought really likable main characters, like, well written, like, you know, I kind of sometimes worry about stuff like that like is this going to feel like a Hallmark movie which not to hate on Hallmark movies they're fine but you know they can be a little cheesy but this was like Mm -hmm. it's smart it's witty it's good dialogue it's likable characters they're well done the music in both was really good I I highly recommend well the other
0: night we were having a, a we were texting back and forth about something and I sent you a gif of Jake and Samantha from 16 Candles yes with him opening her door and then walking around his car. And your reaction was yeah.
1: it still makes my heart flutter after all uh-huh. those years. When you see that, it brings up every 16 year old emotion. Uh-huh. It you really know? does. Like it really does. I,
0: uh, there, there's not a movie from that time of my life that I love more than that one.
1: No, you will. And I, I think Kissing Booth is interesting because I think with the musical choices in it, it's it's like they 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 do it geniusly where it's going to appeal to today's teenagers, but Mm -hmm. it also is going to bring a woman in her 40s into a pit of nostalgia, you know. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's really good. Now, let me say with both of these, they are both TV 14, so proceed with caution. There is some content. I mean, they are not for young children. You'll have to make a decision as to whether or not you allow your older child to watch yes set it up the kids won't be interested in kissing booth i will say that caroline has seen and she had already seen it before i even knew it was a thing so well done parenting self but um, (laughs) but but she said all the kids at school were obsessed with it so i promise you your high school girls have seen it okay oh listen this gives me great
0: hope Mm-hmm. The fact that they're making romantic comedies for Netflix, that there's something out there like that for all of us yes. makes me happy.
1: Because it's genius. Because here's the thing is that to me even works better than something coming out at the movies because then I have to find time of when am I going to go to the movies? When is that going to work out? Who's going to go with me? All that. This is just in the privacy of my home. I can watch mm-hmm. a cute romantic comedy. It's really even better. hmm. Oh, so. for sure. Mm hmm. So they're both really, really, I, I highly recommend both of them. Okay. Yeah. And you're still watching Younger? No, I'm finished with Younger. I've blazed oh, okay. through. I've watched all four seasons. Yeah. And um, and then now the new ones are on. So every Tuesday night it comes on TV land. So like tonight there'll be a new episode. But um, it's season five. So I'm all caught up. So I don't have another. I haven't gotten because I've had the movies. I haven't gotten back into a show. Mm-hmm. Um, And I haven't decided yet you know, sometimes it takes a while after you finish, like, well, what's my next show going to be? And I haven't decided that yet. Well, it's a big commitment. Um, you, you know, you need to pray about it. You need, to, <laughs> you need to. Thank you for understanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I want a comedy? Do I want a drama? Do I want a period mm. piece? Do I want to? Yes. You know, I don't know. It's it's do I want to laugh? Do I want to cry? I don't know. So I've got to just I've, I've been weighing my options. And I'll let you know how that turns out.
0: Now, I saw on Instagram this morning that Amanda Jones, our friend, has had finished the second season of Victoria. Have you watched that?
1: You know, I watched the first season of Victoria, and it's it's good. I don't know, know why I got off of it. It was a little slow for me. Okay. Um, I felt like it was a little slow, and this is, listen, this is going to show my age. It was a little bit like I need the closed caption because I can't understand what everybody's saying.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? I, 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 I did closed captions throughout Downton Abbey. I understand. And yeah. and through Sherlock I did. So yeah. I
1: get it. Yeah. It's a little um but I like it and it was it was good. I don't know why it just it it came at a time that I just never really watched it and then I never got back into it. But um but it is good. I mean Victoria's good. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I've thought about, do I want to watch Suits, which as you know, is our lovely Meghan Markle show. Do I want to get into that? Um, Do I want to watch The Man in the High Castle, which I've heard is great, but that's very serious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There is another, um, there's another show. It's an Amazon Prime original called The Last Post, Um, and it's about royal military police officers and their families.
0: And, oh, this sounds just like you,
1: uh-huh, and it's British mm-hmm. um, so that has potential um then there's also Dr. Thorne, which is from Julian Fellows, who, as we know, wrote Downton Abbey, brought us Downton Abbey, and it's about the wealthy Gresham family okay, well, so you- <laughs> um, so I have a lot of what I'm saying is I have a lot of decisions ahead of me, yes, mm-hmm. okay, so
0: you know we were we were talking at to Todd last night about how. I, I have a hard time getting into a show and, and staying with that show these days. Yeah. Like it's, But I think part of that, too, is because I'm trying to write a book. And, you know, I just have a... I, I don't know. I can, it's like I got, my brain can only take so much story, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But there is a documentary on Showtime. And this is for people who, like, are nerds about news writing, I feel like. And I'm such a nerdy news writer person. Like, I just... I'm fascinated by it because it's a kind of writing that does not come naturally to me. It is hard for me to stay yes. focused, to be direct, all those kinds of things. But there is a, a four part documentary on Showtime called The Fourth Estate that oh. is all about the New York Times. It starts on the day of the inauguration a, a year and a half ago or okay. two years ago how long has that been? What year is it? A year and a half ago. No. Yes. Yeah. A year and a half ago. Yeah. It starts on the inauguration day and then it kind of goes through them covering this administration, them covering kind of some of the me too stuff that happened. Again, this is not a family show. There's some language. It's yes. not. Um, but it's fascinating to me from the perspective as somebody who loved broadcast news with her whole heart. When I lived in Starville and yes. in college, um, there is, there's something about seeing the, the behind the scenes of a newsroom to me mm-hmm. that is utterly just captivating. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you are, if you really like news writing, if you like the dynamics of a newsroom, if any of that interests you, it's, it's, it's a
1: good one. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Like I watched the first one. I
0: rec- I recorded it. I DVR'd it. And then I saw that all four were available online and I just like walked back in my office and watched two more and then oh. watched that the next day. Okay. So you're in it. Yeah. I mean, I just, well, it's and it's over. I mean, it's just four mm-hmm. parts, but I, it's, it's somewhere, it, it's some, at some point in my life, clearly I must have harbored some secret dream of being like a reporter or, or yes. a news writer, or there's something in me that that it's just fascinated by it. So for me it was kind of a it's kind of a, a perfect storm of things that I'm interested in. So
1: Okay. All right. Well there you have it. So, there's so that's something a, here's the good news about television today is there's really something for everybody.
0: My goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever your interests are. Yeah. Are you interested in butterflies that Live for four point eight days and then I don't know vaporize. Yeah, there's there's a twenty four part documentary about that on some, yeah. some channel somewhere.
1: Yeah, I guarantee there is. I guarantee there is. Um. So anyway, so that's one thing that I have I have loved. Our it's kind of like when I was writing
0: the last book or when I was writing Giddy a Penis and I saw that. Um, oh shoot. what was the movie about the Boston Globe reporters and the investigation into the Catholic Church? Spotlight. Oh, that's it. When I was writing Gideon Punis and I watched Spotlight, like there's something about when I'm trying to write watching things about writers that I yes. love.
1: Okay. Okay. Very interesting. I okay. I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. So just watching people do
0: their thing is fascinating to me. And you kind of get a little human side too in the, in, um, in the fourth estate, you get a little bit of a that like, you know, you think about these reporters, not just at the New York times, but anywhere who are covering news that like news does not happen on a schedule and how the dynamics of that affect your family. And yeah. I don't know, I just yeah. nerd it up with the fourth estate well, people who like that kind of stuff. There you go. Alrighty. So last week we did some questions. Yes. And we didn't get to the end of our questions. So we're going to resume with our questions. We're going to do, um, we've got, I think, I can't remember how many we have left, but I'm going to throw this one out there and then we're going to segue into what we, we talked about last week. If that sounds like a plan. That sounds like a great plan. Okay. So this question, I have to pull it up in memento. Um, is from denisha and denisha first of all melanie wants to thank you for mentioning the nail color Susie without a paddle yes thank you she said that it's her summer color for sure this year so oh okay mm-hmm. well done well well done Ms. Shankle. well that's what i'm here for
1: that's what mm-hmm. i can offer
0: mm-hmm. um she says she's raising an only child and would love to hear us uh, speak on that some more just how we've navigated parenting and only how we've avoided or addressed stereotypes and stuff like that. It's just a tiny topic. It's
1: a small topic. It's a small topic. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start?
0: You start.
1: Okay. Yes. I mean, I don't think. I mean, here's the, here's the first misnomer. I think is that raising an only child is different than raising three kids. I mean, I think kids okay. are kids. I mean, I think you you raise them. I don't raise Caroline any differently than I would raise her if we had a passel of children in this house, you know, like, um, I mean, I think you have to be a little more mindful just because you're not having to think about like, if I go get her a new pair of shoes, I know I don't have to go buy three new pairs of shoes, you know, mm-hmm. so there's some of that. Um, but I mean, I think I've raised her to be grateful and appreciative for what she has. I think that we've had pretty uh, strict boundaries and rules as far as what we allow and what we don't allow. I mean, I think I haven't ever, we haven't let her become spoiled or entitled. Um, and, but to me that I go back to that's, I would have raised all my kids like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly I didn't do a good job with my dogs, but I would have raised my kids to be (laughs) respectful of authority. Um, And Please so I,
0: look our dogs, as yeah, evidence, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. But I think that uh, to me the only difference is is I think maybe because she is an only child, and I think you're probably like this with Alex, where I've made more of an effort to make sure that she's connected to her friends and that she's got you know I mean I think that's why we always stayed so close to Gully and her boys because I wanted her to have people in her life um, that you know, that she was close to and that she had relationships with that were her own age and not just her parents. Yeah. And and
0: here's what I'm going to say. And you may not agree with this, but this is this is just how I feel. Here's how often I think about the fact that I'm raising an only child. Only whenever somebody asks me about it. Like, I just, I don't think about, I don't, it's just our family's our family. It's it's the only one I know that I've ever been a part of as a parent. Yeah. And so uh, here's where I think, I I think, here's where we get in trouble with the whole only child thing. I think as parents, we can bring certain issues to the table that aren't really issues, like Mm -hmm. just because we, it makes us fearful or Or we compare and -hmm. think that somehow our family is inferior because there's one kid instead of four kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, Or because maybe we had a desire for a really big family and we don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. And so we start to feel like we've got to invest just like, this is our only shot. This is our only shot. This is our only shot. And I think that makes us over parent. I think it mm-hmm. makes us fearful. I think it makes us um, a little wackadoo sometimes about yeah. what we're doing with this, with this one kid. I, I just, I don't think it has to be such a deal. So if people say stuff to me like, oh, so he's your only, I just say, yeah, he mm-hmm. is. Hmm. Mm Hmm. I just listen. The world is crazy, and there are a lot of things I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and try to lovingly address or defend or whatever. But the number of of children that I have or don't have in my family is not one of those things. I just what's up, America? I don't get it. (laughs) Like I don't know. I don't know. I feel. (laughs) I just. There's a lot of things that I can pour energy into and that's just not, that's just not what I, that's not to say I don't understand it when people are are curious about it or when people, you know, do you have one child, but wish they had more children? Mm Mm-hmm. I totally get it, but I think we just always, in lots of different ways, have to be careful that our issues don't become our kids' issues. And, but I, so all that being said, here's my one thing I will say, keep, keep your child in something that is about more than just them, because yeah. I think the tendency is for only children to be comfortable in doing things that are solo. you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's sort of their comfort zone. And so if I have done anything with intention, it is to constantly push Alex into stuff with big groups and teams, yeah. and teams and teams and teams and teams and teams and teams and teams. So yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that I think that too. Like to me, the older I get, especially I mean, I think maybe when Caroline was little and everybody was still having babies in my friend group, there was always mm-hmm. that like, huh, should I have another baby? You know, but yes. now, number one, let's be honest, that ship has sailed. And mm-hmm. number two, I love our family so much that like, mm-hmm. just where I'm sure there are people that have four kids that can't understand how I have one. I mean, I don't understand how you would want more than one kid. Like to me, it's so perfect for us and for our family. Um, yes. and Caroline enjoys being an only child. And I'm like, this was clearly the family that God intended us to be, um, and the family that, intended. so I don't have any uh, like insecurities or I never feel less than, um, and mm-hmm. like you said, I don't even think about it. It just is what it is. It's like, I don't like, I don't think about that. I have brown hair until, you know, somebody says, Oh, you have brown hair. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we do. Or I do or whatever. I don't know. It just <laughs> We do. We yes. do. Yes. We do. Yes.
0: All of my personalities. All of my
1: personalities have brown hair. Uh, Listen, that may be more true than ever, too. So, I don't, I, again, maybe too, this is
0: because of just my age. I don't know. But I, I think that we serve our, our people well in all areas of our lives,
1: mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm.
0: we have children or we don't. You know, whether we have one or we have six, I think yeah. we serve our people well, whoever those people happen to be by walking through whatever, whatever circumstances the Lord has ordained for us by walking through those things with some confidence yeah, and some peace that this is the thing that he has for us. And that's not to say that sometimes It's not hard or you wouldn't have asked for something different or Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have wished for something else. But I apparently am not hardwired to spend a lot of time on what ifs. That's just not, that's never been my deal.
1: No. So no. this is
0: what it is. Yeah. So rock on. That's what I say.
1: I totally, I mean, to me that I totally agree with that. And I think that we have had the benefit. I mean, and I think maybe the hard thing is with us, it has not been an issue because Caroline found soccer at such an early age. And it's always Mm -hmm. been her thing that she's always been part of a team. And I think, I mean, she's had to learn how to work with different people and different personalities and how to get along with teammates. And so I feel like she's getting, it's not like we're raising her in a bubble inside our house. I mean, she's figuring out the world and she's figuring out relationships. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think that it is what it is. And I think you, like you said, I think you've got to be secure in your choice and what is best for your family. And just because somebody else has three kids doesn't mean that we should have three kids or that that's important for us.
0: Well, and I think like what you just said, I think a bubble or Mm -hmm. isolation is, is killer for any of us. Yeah. So, and and listen, we can, we can have a lot of kids and, and do all yeah. those things and do both of those things. So I think to just very deliberately say, okay, we're not going to try to stay in a bubble. And that's hard as a parent, by mm-hmm. the way, To mm-hmm. but, and we're not going to, we're not going to be isolated. We're not going to be isolated as a family. We're not going to be isolated. We're not, we're not going to let this kid or, or these six kids get isolated. Like we, we yeah. want to be, you know. In the world and, and, and dealing with other people and building relationships and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And there's a lot of fun and a lot of reward in that. Yeah. So.
1: yeah. And they've got to learn. I mean, I just think it's so important. I think we have really equipped Caroline to, you know, as is age appropriate, she's handled her issues on her own. If you have a problem, you mm-hmm. go talk to that person, you know, like, that's not our job to go talk to your coach or to talk to your teacher or whatever. That's your job. You know, you go talk to them first. And then, you know, it has to be pretty I think you said this in the last podcast, but it's going to have to be pretty severe, like maybe making the news before I'm going to go intervene. <laughs> right. Yeah. And getting, y'all in
0: the- hear that answer yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. So I had some thoughts about that too. So I, all that to say, I totally sympathize with feeling like that there are different dynamics. And I guess maybe they're, a, I mean, there are different dynamics from one kid, from no kid to one kid, from one kid to two kids, all those dynamics shift and change. Yeah. But, but if somebody has a stereotype about an only child, I don't have to play ball with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can be their stereotype. People have stereotypes about a lot of dumb things, yeah. and and that's <laughs> which true. might be its own podcast. Yes, and if they have dumb stereotypes about an only child, that's sort of on them and not on me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, All right. okay. so that's what I think about okay. that. Okay, there we go
0: okay so we're gonna we're gonna lead into now we're gonna you're gonna hear the the other questions that we that we answered and we hope they are enjoyable to you
1: yes we hope so
0: hello it's sophie all by myself in the middle of the podcast to talk about how we can stay connected even when you're not listening to a podcast episode social media is the answer y'all So you can find Melanie on Twitter at Big Mama. You can find me on Twitter at Boo Mama. On Instagram, Melanie is at Melanie Schenkel and I'm Boo Mama 205. We did not necessarily do a great job of what social media experts might want us to do, maybe by having the same username across the board, but do not let that be a deterrent. Melanie's blog is TheBigMamaBlog.com. Mine is boomama.net, And then we're together on Facebook at facebook.com slash the big boo cast finally if it wouldn't be too much of an inconvenience it is super helpful when y'all leave reviews on iTunes so just look up the podcast on iTunes click on ratings and reviews and just a sentence or two is great it helps the podcast it helps our advertisers and we appreciate it so much y'all you're the best back to episode 111 Okay, so Amanda wanted to know, she said she knew that we'd mentioned podcasts like the PopCast mm-hmm. and the Happy Hour, things like that. If there were any other podcasts that we like to listen to.
1: Um, I don't listen to any other podcast. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't listen to our podcast. I mean, I I, I just, um, and not because I don't like them. Like I, I like them. I like the, and when I do, like every now and then, like you'll call me and say, oh, you've got to listen to like whoever's podcast or this was a really good and then I'll listen to it. But I'm not um, I don't I think it's this whole thing. I'm not in my car enough. I'm not anywhere enough that that's what I'm going to put on. And if I'm home cooking or doing whatever, I like to have music on and I just have never transitioned to having podcast on. And even when I listen to the podcast, I don't listen to that as often as I actually enjoy it. Because I I always love it.
0: Yeah, I I do listen. I mean, I listen a lot at the gym. I listen to to podcasts a lot, um, and I'll I'll hop around kind of based on what people have recommended. I probably listen to, I don't know how to say this. Well, here let me just say here are some that I have enjoyed. Here are some here are some podcasts that I have enjoyed because I think probably everybody who listens to us has listened to the mm-hmm. podcast at some point and to Jamie Avi at some point and to to um, God Center Mom or Mom Struggling Well yeah. or any Downs or, or, or Christy Knuckles mm-hmm. or one of those at some point. So I'll tell you a few that I like to listen to that are sort of outside of okay. that little wheelhouse. Or, and I think probably some of our people listen to Jen Hatmaker's podcast mm-hmm. and um, like there are all kinds of great resources in the Christian community. But so I have some that I like to listen to outside of of that I am about to start listening to one that Jamie Golden actually recommended to me called In the Dark, which is kind of a true crime okay. thing. I listened to all of Up and Vanished" last year and got real into that. I, um, I love Alec Baldwin's podcast called Here's okay. the Thing. And um, because I think he asks really good questions and has really interesting conversations with people. And then, um Andrew Osinga, who is a musician in Nashville has a podcast called The Pivot mm-hmm. that I think is really interesting about people who have um kind of been going along in their lives and then have done sort of a one eighty in terms of what they've always done and it's really interesting to hear those stories about what what how the pivot was born, what caused it, and what life has been like after okay um I think if you're kind of on the verge of transition or if you maybe have something that you're you're not sure you have the kind of the courage to carry out. That's a, that's a good one to listen to too. Okay. So
1: Okay.
0: Just some thoughts.
1: Yeah. I have heard good things too about, and I've always wanted to listen to it and I haven't, but Dax Shepard, who's married to Kristen Bell, who, you know, I love, um, has the armchair expert and I've heard it's really good, but I have not listened to it. Oh, I'm going to add that to my list. I've heard it's a really good one. Um, And I keep meaning to, but see, that goes into, it's not that I don't want to listen to it. It's not that they don't appeal to me. And it's kind of always, I'll see like somebody's had a guest and I'm like, well, I'm going to go back and listen to that. It's just not something that I've gotten in the habit of doing. And like my workouts are always at places where they're already playing music. You know what I mean? So like, I'm, I'm just, I don't have that. I don't have that space. I'm adding the armchair expert with Dak Shepard right now. Mm -hmm. I've heard it's a good one.
0: Again, we don't know y'all. We don't know if this is something that everybody would enjoy. Yes. (laughs) We're just, we're just saying we like to listen. Yes. All right. Let's see. What questions did I, oh, I've got, I have one more question. Okay. I'm ready. From Jennifer, who wants to know, how did we raise good humans? (laughs) And I would say, Jennifer, don't you know the verdict's still out on (laughs) that? The verdict is
1: still out.
0: I mean, I, 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 hope we have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we've done pretty good up till now. Um, but I think that it's this last, it's, it's, it's kind of the finish, not the finish line. I don't know that you ever reached the parenting finish line, but it's this, it's this midway, this, this getting mm-hmm. them, them, this launching them out into the world, I feel like mm-hmm. is a really, uh, scary proposition. Yeah,
0: it's we're in the home stretch yes. of of really kind of figuring out if we will enable them to launch successfully. Yes, I hope so. Golly, I hope so. I hope
1: so. I feel like I told Caroline the other day though, it was one of those where like I went in her room and there was so much. And here's what I heard myself saying to her you have got to do better than this or your college roommate is going to hate you. Like you've, I've said the same thing. You've got to Mm -hmm. throw away your water bottles. You cannot leave like a half eaten candy bar next to your bed. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like just, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like when I go in and sometimes like in the bathroom, it's like, there's just trash on the floor. I'm like, so that bandaid on the floor, like what did we think was going to happen with that? That's gross. Like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. why. So I feel like here's the two things that we harp on that are, are lighthearted things. Pick up after yourself. Like you need to be neat. Like you know, I don't need everything mm-hmm. neat as a pin, but I just need it to be orderly. I need trash not to Straighten be straightened up. Yes, I don't need. The other day I counted. I said you have seven pairs of shoes that are scattered around this house that are not in your bedroom. So I don't need mm-hmm. you know. And because anytime she needs a pair of shoes, she just gets a new pair and then leaves them wherever. And then uh-huh. the other thing is time management. Like you have to respect other people's time. You can't make people wait on you. You know, like you can't tell uh-huh. me you need me to come into the school and drop something off for you. And then when I get there, you tell me just a sec and I sit there for like 10 minutes waiting for you. Um, uh-huh. That is what we're Perry told her the other night we were dropping off a swimsuit, and he said, "If you're not out on the curb waiting for us, we're throwing that swimsuit in the street and driving off." I mean, (laughs) it sounds like Uh that's. Uh Oh, Mm -hmm. so yeah. um, But here's what I will say, and and I do feel like, and I would say this of Alex too. I do think that we have pretty good teenagers for the most part, and I think that a lot of that stems from. And somebody told me this years ago, and I think I've said this, is if they don't know that you're the boss when they're toddlers, they're not going to know that you're the boss when they're this age. And the problem with this age is they're bigger than you and they have a lot more workarounds and they can be a lot sneakier. And so I think that you have to instill somewhere that balance of, I need you to be a little bit afraid of me um, when they're younger.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I am for you, Mm -hmm. but
0: yes, I'm also the administer of consequences.
1: Yeah. And there are going to be consequences and you are going to act in a certain way. And I, and I think that I feel like a lot of times I see, um, younger parents now where it's like well they're afraid of their kids like it's a little bit of like well but if I if I make them sit there and finish their chicken they're gonna scream well then you know what scream I mean I feel like mm-hmm. I used to put Caroline Schenkel in timeout and she would sit in her chair and she would spit on the floor until there was just an enormous puddle of spit uh-huh. but by god I made her stay in that chair I mean I <laughs> You can act out and you're free to sit and spit on the floor, but you're sitting in that chair. I mean, and I just think there's got to be, I mean, especially when they're little, like I'm not your friend, like I'm your parent, like I'm, I'm not about you liking me. I'm about making you into a good human being.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and loving you is not always going to feel like your favorite thing because sometimes the way, like the most loving thing to do is to somehow enact a a consequence Mm -hmm. that does not feel great to you that you don't like like you're not going to be on board with with everything that i don't know you just you have there's a balance there it is the most loving thing Mm -hmm. and the most merciful thing to have clear consequences when when they step over a line but it's it's almost always unpleasant in the middle of that. Yes. I mean,
1: here's what I'm going to say. If you have a toddler, if you have a child six or under that you don't occasionally have fall apart and scream at you for how awful you are by making them drink out of this sippy cup or that they have to leave the pool because y'all been there for five hours or whatever, then you probably need to reevaluate. Like, I, I think meltdowns are just going to happen because you can't let them get their way all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I see that now. I mean, because I, I look at Caroline and I'm like, by and large, like she may roll her eyes and she may not like it. But she knows that when Perry and I tell her this is the way something's going to be, she knows this is the way that's going to be. And I feel like we set that mm-hmm. precedent when she was younger um, for her to know, like, we're in charge and, and, and we love you and we want the best for you. And so sometimes you're not going to like our decisions, but they're our decisions. Mm -hmm. mama means business yes yes i'm not messing around and i think that you do your kids you know it's funny because gully's taught preschool all these years and and she said what some of these parents don't realize is she said what what you're doing is you're doing your kid a disservice because you're making them fundamentally unlikable and and Mm. and you want to raise a child who their teachers are going to like and that their peers are going to like and if you if you're raising a kid who's never upset and always gets their way then you're ultimately making them unlikable in the long run. Mm. And I, I always think about that because I think it's true. Wow. I know. Get it going. I know. Well, I mean, you think that's it. 10 years of teaching 3-year-olds, you know? I mean, she, uh-huh. you know, you see everything and she's like you you want to raise kids that 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 their teachers are going to like and that comes by having, you know, well-mannered, respectful kids who aren't going to, you know, expect the world to bow <laughs> at their feet.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like resisting the urge to fix everything for them, mm-hmm. because on my end of things in high school, sometimes you see parents fall into this, this, this trap where they think that they have to fix everything, yeah. that they have to smooth out every single rocky road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, granted, there are absolutely some times where you need to advocate for your child a hundred percent. Like, I'm not saying that at all, but I don't think you have to advocate for them on a daily basis. No. Um, I don't think you have to you know like I think you've really got to consider when you need to advocate and when you need to to let them try to to advocate for themselves. And I'm thinking specifically, I'm not talking about in terms of relationships with other kids. I'm mainly talking about like in in terms of the 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 things they run into in school or conflicts with teachers or yeah. or, or struggling in a subject or whatever. But, you know, I think when the when the tendency as, as much as I may agree with mm-hmm. Alex sometimes, I am always going to tell him that essentially, like, that's your teacher. Yeah. And you respect your teacher and you do what your teacher asks you to do. And if you feel like that there's something that that's unfair, then you can go address that with that teacher. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to have to be like mock level nine before I get in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's it's, it. it. It's going to have to be. Yeah. It's going to have to be the kind of injustice that might make it to the news. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Like, otherwise, you got to figure out how to navigate that and work it out. Because your whole life, you're going to have people who are in charge of what you're doing that you might not always agree with. Yeah. And you might not even like their methods. Yeah. But you've got to figure out how to operate that in that and navigate through that in a way that is workable yep. for all involved.
1: yeah That's so true. I feel like that's so true. Is it's like this is a life skill. So you've got to I know you don't like this teacher, but you're gonna have a boss you don't like. You're gonna have college professors you don't like. You're gonna have college roommates you may not like. You know, like you've got to learn mm-hmm. how to deal with conflict and how to and how to work through it. Yeah. I we don't do a lot of um we don't do a lot of going ahead and what are they a lawnmower parent. We are not lawnmower parents over here. We don't mow mm-hmm. down everything that's in her way. We let her Figure it out so, um, yeah, I, and I think that's, I think you've got to because, um, I think life is hard and I think, um, they've got to be able to figure stuff out for themselves.
0: But I'm, I say all that, and I'm very aware that some of probably the biggest temptations and the biggest hurdles are in front of us and not behind us, yes. So, yes, so listen, uh,
1: yeah, I know that's the whole so thing. Feel I'm,
0: free to add us to the prayer list as far as that goes. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. And so you just pray for the, for the grace and the wisdom to, to deal with whatever you happen to, to need to deal with. And sometimes you have kids who are cooperative in that process. And sometimes you don't have kids who are cooperative in that process. And um, listen, hearts are prone to rebellion. Mm -hmm. And, and the fact that a kid rebels in a significant way is not an indication of what kind of parenting you did. No. It's an indication of the fact that hearts are prone to rebel. Yeah. Yeah. So to figure out as you go how to how to deal with that in a in a way that makes sense for the long term. Yeah. And for your family. Yeah. Yeah. So which by the way, yeah. I would say that's why we can't, you know, I think we've got to be so careful that we don't just because maybe somebody happens to, to to turn out some kids who are productive and and great and um and who have achieved some things and all that kind of stuff. Um we gotta be careful if if that's been our personal experience to not cast judgment or to be self-righteous with people who are really in it and struggling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, kids, I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, I see you know, kids from the same family and it's like two turn out great and, and, and one really struggles or whatever. And I just think that's personalities and, and different things that people have to go through and different. I just I think there's no I think that's why parenting is so scary. And I think that's why I know Mm -hmm. you and I are both on our knees for our kids every day, because it's just there's just a lot that life is going to throw at them and throw at us. And there's no there's no set formula of this is how to raise good kids. I mean, so much of it is about your child's personality and your family and and what's going to work. I mean, I will say I feel like one of the things we've tried to do and I heard this there again this was from an older friend, but it's like you got to decide in parenting too like which hills you're going to die on and which fights aren't mm-hmm. worth it. And I think we've said that before because I'm like if you're constantly telling them no, then I think that sets up the 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 seed of rebellion if they feel like they're just being so pin down about everything. So you know what, if, if you want to, I mean, there was one summer where Caroline wanted to have pink stripes in her hair, and I didn't necessarily love that decision. But I was like, you know what, we're gonna go with that. Because that's a, Mm -hmm. that's not a life changing thing. And so that that works for us or whatever. And that's a stupid example. But I feel like there are just things where it's like, say yes, when you can say yes, because there are going to be so many things that we have to say no to.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see how this thing goes. Yeah. We'll but. get
1: back to you. We'll get back to you in <laughs> ten years. That'll be podcast number two hundred in ten years.
0: That's, that's right. That's right. And uh, you know, and I think too. I think I, I'm I'm especially mindful at this stage of life to just try to keep laughing. Yeah, you know, try to continue to 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 give ourselves opportunities to laugh together, yeah. and um, and we do a whole lot of talking. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's just kind of hanging in there and it's just, it's praying that God will, you know, I, you know, I pray a lot for Caroline that God will bring the right people into her life, that he'll bring the right influences into her life, that, you know, he'll guide her in the way that she's supposed to go. Because um, I think so much, I mean, we see it at this age where it's like so much of who your child is, is going to be so much more influenced by who their peers are. So it's like, I don't just pray for mm-hmm. Caroline. I pray for her friends, too, because, I mean, they're they're a huge influence on her right now, you know. Um, sure. I saw um,
0: a mom that I've known for a long time, um, a couple of weeks ago, and she has several kids. And we were just talking about the fact that, I mean, all her kids, I have I have had the opportunity to love. And I think that, that one thing I have seen in her is just a, an unrelenting trust that that her kids, that... Even in the middle of of difficult stuff and hardships, there's still like God's working something out in her mm-hmm. kids, and I, I don't know. I've just watched her trust Him in that and with that, and and so when we talk about you know people turning out great or whatever, like that's just maybe on a different timetable, yeah. and not one that we would choose, and and not and we wouldn't necessarily choose the circumstances God uses to to facilitate that. But I I so love and value her perspective with all her children because she's so um, she deeply trusts what God is up to in their lives, even when it might not be what the world would say looks idyllic in the moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, I think that's part of raising good humans is realizing they're going to go through hard times and they're going to go through struggles and they're going to have to I mean, there are going to be things that no matter how much Perry and I, warn Caroline against I, I realized there are going to be things that she's probably going to have to figure out for herself too by falling down on that deal you know um, yeah so and I think that's the other thing
0: t- that's where all the good lessons it is are, it is it's the,
1: I always say the character building is the worst but it's necessary you know it's like you've got to that's what develops a good human being is you're building character you know and and that and and here's the thing too I feel like when Caroline has messed up or when a friend of hers has messed up or whatever I also Really try to apply grace and remember that these are formative human beings who don't have full frontal lobe development yet, and so they are going to make some bad decisions and some bad choices. But you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, as they say. Sometimes you, right. you know, you've got to give grace and go, okay, they're all figuring it out. So we're gonna, I'm gonna help them figure it out, and I'm gonna love them while they're figuring it out.
0: Oh, I feel like we need to
1: sing a song uh- or something. What what immediately comes to mind is help me make it through the night. But that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But you were probably thinking something a little more sentimental than that.
0: All righty, y'all. We're back again in real time to tell y'all thanks a bunch for listening. We hope the rest of your week is great. And bye. Bye, everybody. Talk to y'all later.
1: Yesterday is dead and gone And tomorrow's out of sight And it's sad to be alone Help me make it through the night